From cocktails to mocktails, we have got you covered on this episode of Welcome Home to the Suburbs. It is all about the home bar and entertaining. So here we go. Cheers. You're listening to Welcome Home to the Suburbs. Designing a new home to be your family's sanctuary can feel impossible during the stress of moving. In this podcast, interior designer Jill Kalman shares practical advice, design wisdom, and lifestyle tips for anyone moving to a new home. You'll learn all about the psychology of a well-designed home and how to survive the move and thrive in your new life. Say goodbye to overwhelm and hello to a home you love to come back to every single time. Here's your host, Jill Kalman. Today, I'm happy to have with me Megan Campbell. Megan is going to talk to us today about how to keep a home bar well-stocked, planning for parties, you can't imagine how much we overbuy, and she's going to talk to us about how to take care of that, and easy steps to wow with cocktails at home. Megan has worked in the alcohol industry since 2014. She has had many positions, and most recently, she has decided to open her own distillery, because when she worked in distillery, that was the thing that really felt most right to her. Megan lives in Arizona, and there isn't a huge distilling industry. So she decided that what she had envisioned would be really unique. She also felt like it was time to not work for somebody else. And so she has started the long process of collecting funding, finding a location, and learning how to navigate the complex world of governmental regulations. Now she's just months away from opening in downtown Phoenix, Arizona. So welcome with me, Megan Campbell of Turquoise Sky. Hi, Megan. Thank you for coming on the podcast with me today. This is such a fun topic. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm glad you're here. Let's tell the audience briefly about you and what you do. Yeah, so I am a distiller. I'm opening up a brand new distillery in downtown Phoenix, Arizona called Turquoise Sky Custom Spirits. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I'm just super enthusiastic about, you know, helping people to learn more about what they're drinking and to just drink a little bit better. (laughs) Yeah. And the home bar, right? So that's what we're going to talk about today, the home bar and entertaining and we're going to cover it all. So I'm really excited. So let's kind of start broad with, you know, where and how to have a bar in your home. I know sometimes when I'm designing for clients, it's kind of an afterthought. They'll be when I suggest like, hey, maybe we'll add a bar cart. They're like, oh yeah, that's great for entertaining and keeping stuff out. And then we even get into should we buy a bar cabinet or do we find a designated cabinet in the home to like store stuff? So would just love your thoughts on that, just the home bar in general of like things you can do and where to have it. Yeah, I think, you know, from a decorative perspective, I can definitely tell you that most of our kitchen would qualify as a home bar setup. We have quite a few cabinets that are dedicated to keeping my glassware, keeping some of our nicer bottles that we really want to display. Obviously, being in the industry, I really love that. I think it gets a lot of people talking when they come into your home, Mm -hmm. especially if you have things that you really love. You know, I've got a couple of bottles of effing vodka that are signed by 50 Cent. And that's something that 
you know, it's front and center when you walk into our kitchen and it always, people are like, hang on, what is this? What's going on here? That is so cool, by the way. <laughs> it was, I love it that. It was amazing when we got those. I was like, what? what? Who's yeah. doing this? What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's, you know, there's a lot of different ways. We definitely have some bottles that are displayed. We have a lot of bottles that are just inside a cabinet. We don't have a huge pantry space, but if we did, I think that's really where we would keep most of our just like average drinking products, drinking stuff, bar tools. We tend to keep that in the pantry just because it's a little cooler, a little darker or in our liquor cabinet. Yeah. So I was going to say too, not to interrupt you, but like a butler's pantry, if you have one in the home and some of our audience has, that's a great place for storage as well as, and I think I told you, we have a designated cabinet. It's like one of the higher cabinets in the kitchen where we keep a lot of our stuff that you just mentioned. And then it's nice to display some things. So I think I mentioned to you, like, you know, using a bar cart is nice. And I even have a, it's like a folding table. Like it's got a brass base that folds and then it's got a big lacquer tray on top. And I keep that in my living room with some stuff out that kind of looks cool. Like what you just talked about or some of the things we go to more regularly, as well as some glassware. So what I really love about the tray tables, the bar carts, stuff like that, is that, you know, first of all, it's not taking up a ton of room in your house the way a full bar does. But a lot of times when I see someone with a full bar, they feel like they need to fill it up. You know, they're just buying bottles left and right to put something in there. And then they see you know, cute knickknacks and stuff like that. And they just, they feel like they need to fill up a full bar space. Whereas when you have just a little tray, a little table, you know, you go, okay, well, I literally cannot fit, you know, 80 bottles on this thing. So I need to think a little bit more about what I'm putting on here. And, you know, that way you don't end up with a whole bunch of stuff that you're never going to use. You're never going to drink. You know, sometimes I find bottles because we have a larger cabinet, I find bottles that I'm like, I don't even like this. I don't even want this. Like, what is it doing in my house? So I just really love those smaller spaces because it helps you not do that. It's good you said that because I was going to mention sometimes people will move into a home where they might already have a built-in bar like down in a media room or in another room and it's there and it's big, or they might be adding one. And you bring up a good point because part of your philosophy, I think, and as we get further into the conversation, people will see like, you know, you do point out that you can have so much excess that you never use. And so I think you're really good at advising people how to really hone down on that. And we'll get into that a little bit more with entertaining and stuff in a little bit. But that's a super good point because sometimes there is a huge bar. And if you're moving in, I think maybe you could say you don't feel like you have to fill it. Like put your barware there, put some of the things you know you go to, and it's okay. Like if not every shelf is covered with something, right? Yeah, absolutely. Or, you know, if you have those higher up shelves, we save a lot of our nicer bottles. And, you know, that higher up shelf that you know you're not going to touch, you're not going to mess with it. We just put our nicer bottles up there once they're empty. And, you know, now it's this display. It looks nice and full, but it still looks clean. And you're not worried about, you know, if you're short like me, oh, I got to go find the stool to get that thing that I drink all the time off the top shelf. Exactly. Exactly. No, those are all really good tips. So yeah, I would say like if you don't have a designated big bar, get a kitchen cabinet or butler's pantry for storage and then use a tray table, a bar cart. There are even bar cabinets and you can easily set up a small bar in your home if you need to. 
having said that, a lot of our audience collects wines and liquors. So I wanted to ask you about if you have to store special wines or liquors in your house, what tips you have for that? Yeah. You know, I would definitely say, first of all, when you start collecting, make sure that what you're getting is collection worthy, you know, especially with wines. A lot of wines are not made to be aged. They're made to be drank. (laughs) That's a big part of my philosophy. I buy things to drink them. Yeah. But if you are collecting, make sure it's something that will still be good, that will still be worthwhile later. But the biggest thing is to keep it away from heat and mm-hmm. keep it away from sunlight. You know, if you have a cellar, that's always going to be the number one best place to put it, especially wines. You know, there's wine cellars for a reason. Yeah. Those are definitely the best place to keep it. Make sure it's stored on its side, especially if it has a real cork. So there's synthetic and then there's real cork mm-hmm. and real cork will dry out and then everything will seep out and then you'll lose your drinks and it'll taste terrible. You don't want that. Mm-hmm. So store them on their side. And then for liquors, you definitely have a little more wiggle room as far as the temperature range, the sunlight range. You're going to get, you know, if you were to store your liquor on the kitchen, the window seal in the kitchen, yeah. it's going to get a ton of sunlight. You're going to get discoloration in the liquor. You're going to get discoloration in the label, but the taste itself won't change too much and it'll never go bad the way a wine would if you stored it in the same spot. Right. But obviously, you know, if you're collecting, you don't want to do that. So those ones, I would say either put them in the same place that you keep your wines, somewhere nice, dark, store it like that, or put it in a nicer display case. So especially shadow boxes, if you get a good glass on a shadow box mm-hmm. that can help filter out that sunlight, mm-hmm. you could put that, you know, in your living room where you're not, and then not worry about it getting too hot or too much sunlight. Right. Or like a diamond. And it's true with wines. It's important to have humidity control, right? Like we even talked about if you don't have a wine cellar built in, or you're not going to build one in, you can use those tall, we call them like wine towers. I think I mentioned to you, my husband has a couple, I think we got them from wine enthusiast or something. So they plug in, they have humidity and temperature control. They're dark. We have ours in the basement. And that's like a nice way to store a collection. When he was collecting, that's what he used. And it kept everything really just fine without actually building a real wine cellar, you know? Yes. And especially, you know, I live out here in Phoenix where we don't do cellars. We don't dig into the ground at all. And it gets really, really hot and really, really dry. So those are an absolute must have. If you live in the Southwest, there's just no way to store wine safely out here without a wine fridge or something like that. Yeah. We talked about that. If you're in a warm climate anywhere, that's something really to consider, which is a super good point. Let's talk about now when we entertain. And as I said, you're really good at simplifying the bar because we're throwing a party, right? And we just tend to go to the liquor store and overbuy. So when you and I spoke, I thought you had really good insight into that. So let's chat about that a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. I swear every time I go to the store to stock up on alcohol or to get a bottle, I see someone there who's like, I'm throwing a party. I don't know what to get. I'm just going to grab a bunch of stuff. And they, you know, they end up with all these different liquors that they don't even like, or they don't know if they're good or, 
you know, they have these weird flavors that they're like, ah, it sounded really good and I don't know what to do with it. And that can be so frustrating because, you know, I don't want you to buy a bottle that you're not going to enjoy. I don't mm-hmm. want you to have something sitting in your cabinet that you're just never going to drink. So I definitely encourage people to just kind of like breathe and relax and think about your event. You know, for us, we keep a bottle of vodka, a bottle of whiskey, and then that's pretty much going to cover a lot of what your guests want. Mm -hmm. And then you get into like lemon juice, lime Mm -hmm. juice, simple syrups, and then different sodas. Mm -hmm. And for Almost every event, that is going to be more than enough. That's what your guests are looking for. So I definitely, for most home bar situations, I recommend just you know keeping it simple, keeping it straightforward. But if you do decide you want to do something a little fancier or just a little bit different, have something specific in mind. You know, So you're like, okay, I'm going to use these two liqueurs to make this one special cocktail or like, you know, today is a mojito party or today is a martini party so that that way you're still keeping yourself in like one category where Mm -hmm. you're, you know, I'm doing this special thing. So I know it's going to get drank at the party. I know it's going to be, people are going to gravitate towards that because they already know that that's what we're drinking today. Right. Instead of, you know, don't get all the stuff for mojitos and all the stuff for martinis and all of your normal liquor and mixers, because nobody's going to go make a martini when it doesn't feel like the right thing to do at that party. Yeah. You know, if if you're at like a little cocktail dinner and everyone else is drinking whiskey and Coke and someone's over there like, oh, I'm going to make martinis and mojitos, it'll just be a little weird for them, they, they wouldn't choose to do that. When you and I were talking, you had mentioned like, there could be somebody you work with that you know drinks, you know, whatever, X, like a mojito or a scotch or whatever. And so you go and you buy all this stuff just for that one person. And then the party comes and they're probably not going to have that anyway. You know, so you brought up a good point, like, don't just buy for one person that's coming. With the exception of you and I talked about, like, if you're having a dinner party and it's a close friend and you know your close friend only drinks a certain kind of scotch you know, we will keep a bottle for a close friend that we know drinks whatever. But if you're having a party with all these people to just buy, either guessing what they're going to drink or knowing that at this event you went to them, they had that, but they may not ever have that again. So that was a good point when you had mentioned that when we spoke too. Yeah, exactly. And it's, I'm sure all of your listeners know how close they'd have to be for somebody before they're like, oh no, I absolutely have to get this bottle. But like you said, a lot of times you see people drinking a certain thing and you have no idea if that's the thing they always drink or if they were just craving it. You know, I personally am very fickle as far as the weather, as far as my taste. You know, if you see me drinking a mojito one day and then six months later you go, oh no, Megan loves mojitos. I'll get all the stuff for it. Like I would feel terrible. You bought all that stuff because I was drinking a mojito because it's 115 here And now it's December. I don't want that, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. And we also talked about, I mean, a lot of times there might just be a wine and beer bar, right? And I think I had told you when we spoke, I had recently gone to an event and there was just wine and beer. But like, it's fine. 
<laughs> you know, yeah, you, you pick one, you know, they had rosé, I had one, whatever. Like everyone will survive, you know. Yes. Most people are very willing to go with the flow. They've, you know, they know if they like a red, a white or a rosé. You know, they know if they like a lager or an IPA. And you can really not only get away with something like that, but have a great event with a little bit of a simpler setup like that. Most people barring allergies are not going to have a problem with that. And if they do have allergies or a reason they can't drink that particular thing, they probably are already ready for that. You know, exactly. We have found that too. So yeah, I think your message is really that because we've all done it where you're having a party, you're at the liquor store and you're like loading up this cart with all this stuff. And then the party ends and you're like, oh my God, what are we going to do with all that? You know, like there's so much that you're not going to refer to again. Like growing up, that's how it always, always was in our house because my parents weren't drinkers. So whenever we would host the yearly Christmas party, they would just get all of this stuff and they had no idea really what they were getting or what anybody drank. And then we'd be left over with all this stuff that we weren't going to drink that year. Exactly. So I think that's a good message. My accessory course has finally launched. It is here. So to grab it, you can go to my website and click on course. Or if you go to my Instagram page, click the link in bio. That's right. I'm bringing it to you because over the last several years, it has been one of the top requested things that I get asked. And it just so happens it's what I'm really passionate about and what I've always loved to do. I always felt like your home wasn't fully dressed until I brought in that last layer and I loved doing it. And I love styling for my photo shoots. And most of the time I bring in all the accessories and get everything styled for a photo shoot. Guess what? The client wants to keep it all. Well, I'm going to show you my secrets, my tips, my tricks. It's going to be in a really simple video course broken up into modules that are going to be easy for you to get resources, solutions, and really quick wins at an affordable price, all with direction from me. So you can have your home looking like those sitting in a magazine or how I set them up for photo shoots really easily. I'm super excited. So if you're scratching your head about what to put on your coffee table, what to put on your mantle, how to arrange it, what to put in your bookcases, You're going to want to go click that link in bio and get this course at a very affordable price. I hope to see you there. Let's chat next about, because summer's coming and there's going to be a lot of outdoor, you know, whether it's a casual barbecue or a party. So I want to talk about setting up what I'll call kind of like remote bars, meaning like if you're having a party, setting stuff up outside and then, or if you're having people over into your house, whether it be a dinner party or a bigger party, and you want to set up like a small bar area in the kitchen which I do all the time when we're having dinner parties. And you and I had spoke about that. Let's talk about some good tips for that. When you're talking about an outside bar, especially here in the hotter part of the United States, I think the most important thing is to keep it small, keep it contained, and to just really think about what your guests are probably going to be drinking. You know, Mm -hmm. people are just not likely to want, you know, Manhattans or martinis when it's 115 out. Right. You know, they're going to be looking at mojitos and margaritas and 
you know, a vodka soda, a gin and Sprite, that kind of thing that's just a lot lighter, a lot easier to drink in the pool or to wander around with without worrying about glass. So that kind of thing I think is just really important is to keep in mind what your event is. So with an outside bar, a lot of times what we'll do is, you know, we'll just, we'll have our cooler with the ice that's clearly labeled, like this is your drinking ice. And then a lot of light beers, you you don't have to worry about having Guinness when it's over a hundred out because probably nobody's going to want to drink that. It's Mm -hmm. just way too heavy. And then a lot of different sodas. That's like my number one with setting up my bars is, you know, I'll have Sprite and like LaCroix and just a lot of those lighter sparkling things, the Izzy's. And the, yep. the sparkling ice ones, yep. I just, I love them. They're like the perfect mixer for the summertime. Yeah. yeah. Or just if somebody doesn't want alcohol, it's a nice drink. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. People are always like, oh, cool. I love these things. You know, they're low in sugar. They're non-alcoholic, but they still taste good. Mm-hmm. And they don't have to, you know, they're like, oh, do I want Sprite or Coke? Right. And that's the only choices for people who don't drink, you know, but I think the biggest thing that we'll do sometimes too is, you know, here in Arizona, a lot of people have like the garage fridge Mm -hmm. where they put all of their sodas and all of their beers and stuff. Mm -hmm. And a couple of times I've literally taken out one of the shelves and just set up the whole bar inside the fridge Mm. where it's, you know, here's all of your sodas are in here. All of your beers are in here. And then if you have any pre-batched cocktails, it'll keep them cold. So they don't melt all the ice as soon as you put them in your drink. And then just everything is cold and contained. Yeah. And I think even just leaving a cooler with bottled waters is good just because it's hot. And some people like, we were at something and I just needed a water and they're like, oh my God, we bought all alcohol. We forgot to buy water for people and they had to run out (laughs) to the store. But like that and or sometimes we'll take like one of those galvanized buckets. They're actually cool looking and they're inexpensive. You can get them at the hardware store or Home Depot and we fill them with ice and then you could put beer in it or you could put like the sodas and mixers like you just mentioned to keep them cold, but it looks pretty outside having it yeah. in like a big bucket like that, you know, the oval, yeah. and you know what I mean? The, the oval. Yeah. Those are, yeah. They look so cute. Yeah. And then I think one of my favorite things is there's this big canned cocktail craze right now. Yes. And it makes it so easy for summer drinking. Yes. To just, you know, okay, here's all the beers and then here's all the cocktails in the same ice bin, you know, and it's done and you don't have to worry about anything. I actually love that idea because yeah, with the vodka seltzers, there's even tequila seltzers now. There's oh, there's yeah. so many available. And you know what? You bring up such a good point. That's so easy. And it's like, so for somebody who wants more of a liquor and not a beer, it's like all there and pre-portioned and what a great idea. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. It, and, and nobody ends up bartending all night. You know, right. That's, I think that's just the worst thing is when you're hosting a party and You've done all this work and you're ready to have fun. And then at the end of the night, you're like, well, I didn't even have fun. I didn't get to talk to my friends. I was being a bartender all night. Yeah, exactly. So when you're setting up in a kitchen too, I think if you have a butler's pantry, that's a good place to set up a bar, but everybody kind of likes to be near the island or the main part. So I think I told you, I usually put out, I'll put like a big acrylic tray out and I'll set up like what we're going to drink that evening. I think I told you one night, 
we had another couple over and we all love tequila. So I set up only a tequila bar. So I had limes, but that was the audience and that's what we did. But if you're, even if you're having multiple people, you can still on one nice size tray fit what you need and use your counter space, right? Oh, absolutely. It's nice for so many reasons. First of all, it shows your guests, you know, this is the spot. This is where all the drinks are. You don't have to go looking like, and, and just for your own sanity, it keeps everything on one tray. That's easy to clean, Mm -hmm. you know, because one of my favorite things to do is to have different simple syrups which is literally just flavored sugar water. Mm-hmm. And if there's one thing you really love at the end of the night is cleaning up a bunch of sugar water off of your counter. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's always nice to have, you know, just a, a small tray or something that says, this is the spot, put it all here. And then that's so much easier for you to clean up later. Yeah. So, I mean, I think setting up, even if you have a big bar in your house, even if you have some of the smaller things we talked about earlier, like, the tray table and whatever. I think sometimes when you're having people over, just having that, call it like a little station in my kitchen, it works magically. And you can put an ice bucket out and you put, sometimes I'll add a few bottled waters to the side, then people have their water and you're not having Mm -hmm. to, as the host, run and grab water and whatever. It's just all there and ready so you can enjoy the party too. Exactly. And if you are doing one of those events, like you were saying with the tequila night, It makes it easier too, because then if you wanted to have a specific cocktail, you know, like, oh, we're doing a mojito night, you could, you know, put out a cute little sign or a cute little stand that says how to build a mojito so that your guests aren't going like, oh, okay, hang on, let me Google this again real quick, because I haven't made one of these in years. It just gives them that very straightforward, like, oh, here, this is what this is for. Love that. Yeah. One time we did something and we had Aperol spritzes out. I think it might have been like a brunch. So we did, you know, just Aperol spritz and that was fun. So yeah, I think that's a great idea. Let's talk about having a mocktail station too and mocktails because they're quite trendy. I think some people are curtailing their drinking either entirely or partially just to cut back seems like there was probably a lot of drinking going on during COVID and people are realized. And I think, I mean, I'm the type of person, like, I don't always have to drink at a party. It's just how I am. And so sometimes I might want something that feels like a cocktail and tastes good, but doesn't necessarily have alcohol. So, I mean, it could really apply to everybody. I set up a mocktail bar recently for some friends coming over and they just loved it. I did the same thing. I had like a, a tray and all the mocktail, like mixers, you know, everything was there they were just like, oh my God, this is so awesome. You have everything ready for like the drinks that I love to have at home. Whatever tips you have about mocktails or any products you like, we'd love to Yeah, I think the thing that I really love about a good mocktail bar is that the only thing that's different between that and my cocktail bar is literally having the liquor right there because it's the same, you know, I get the good sodas, I get the, you know, the cucumber lime simple sodas, or, you know, the flavored ones, the black cherry soda is just my absolute favorite. And then I think the biggest thing is just having those different options, and then having some fresh fruit or some frozen fruit. Mm-hmm. I get the Costco, like the three berry blend. Mm-hmm. I'll do just an Izzy, you know, like the Blackberry Izzy and a handful of those and some ice in a wine glass. 
And yeah. it's delicious and it's so cute. And for me, because a lot of my friends are not drinking for personal reasons, you know, I love being able to still have them included and yeah. to feel like they're still part of the party and having a good time and then not having to explain to anybody why they're not drinking, you know? Exactly. And and they just feel comfortable and they feel mm-hmm. comfortable knowing they have something to go to that they can pour that is okay for them to have. And yeah, I love yes. it too. And I have to say, it was actually really fun setting up a mocktail bar. I really loved <laughs> yeah. it. I actually had a lot of fun with it. Throwing like a little bit of mint, a little bit of basil, like some yeah. chopped up cucumbers. And it just totally elevates the whole thing. And it's so easy. And I put stirs because a few people who I've spoke to who are taking a hiatus from drinking, they were saying that in some cases, it wasn't so much having the alcohol. It was sort of the ritual of like grabbing the glass, right? And putting the ice in yes. and doing the pour. There is a ritual to that. So for some people, what's nice about the mocktail is if they're not having the alcohol, they still have the ritual and there's something that kind of feels cool about that. So I liked that too. Yes. And I think a lot of times, you know, I'll find myself craving a drink and then I try having something delicious. You know, I have a nice iced tea with a little bit of lemon in it or something like that. And that really satisfies what I was wanting. You know, I, it turns out that I didn't really want the alcohol or, you know, like you said, some days you're just not feeling it. Some days, you know, I know whenever I'm sick, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm okay to go out. But if I have alcohol, it's not going to feel good. Right. And having something like that set up is just so nice to be able to be like, okay, you know, here it is. Like, it's fun. It's fun. It's delicious. And you don't have to worry about any adverse effects. Right. Or it could break it up where you're like, I'm going to have one drink, but like one drink's kind of enough for me today. I'm tired or whatever, but I don't want to like be not part of the party and I want something refreshing. And then your next drink is a mocktail. So, I mean, I think Mm -hmm. it applies to so much and I love the whole concept of the mocktail and the fact that it's kind of in style now is is a good thing for a lot of people too because oh, yeah. like you said they don't have to feel uncomfortable you know being in a social setting not wanting to have a drink or not being able to have a drink so i love that that's yeah. all good let's get into a little bit we've covered a lot and one of the last things we're going to talk about is bar tools you had some really good input on bar tools so yes. let's chat about that you know most of the time I would say when people like look at bar tools, they get like these shaker sets or, you know, they get all these really beautiful things and I'll go over to their house and they'll be like, oh, here, I got these tools. And I'm like, I'm not going to use any of these. (laughs) Like, this is like, we don't need this. So yeah, for me, like my number one bar tool is that really long bar spoon. It's like 12 inches long. And I swear, it's like the number one thing that I reach for in my kitchen. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, if only I had like a 12 inch long spoon. Right. So that's my absolute favorite. You know, you can always get down to the bottom of your glass and you, I do most of my drinks. I do them just stirred. Yeah. I think that's more than enough. If I do use a shaker, I always, always get the shakers from the restaurant supply stores. Oh, that's a good tip. They're not as pretty. You know, they don't have like the copper plated or like the pretty designs and stuff, but they hold so much more mm-hmm. and they're going to last for forever. You know? Yeah. They're durable. It's a function. They're, exactly. And it's not like they look bad. Right. But 
it's just the best place to get something like that is from the restaurant supply store because I know it's going to last and I know it's going to hold a ton of fruit and ice and alcohol and everything that I need to fit in there. Yeah. And I mean, you can always put a pretty decorative one out on display, but like have one that you can really use, I think is a good tip. Yes. I can tell you, I personally have at least six nice shakers on display in my house. Yeah. Okay. Um, But you use the restaurant supply one when you're like, get into the cabinet and I grab the trusty old silver one when I'm working. I love it. Yeah. And then I think my biggest pet peeve is muddlers. Mm. So the, you know, stick with the little ridges at the end. Yeah. Because they're so hard to clean Mm -hmm. and there is always a better way. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever you're doing with a muddler, there's a better way. Like if you're smashing mint, just slap it in your hands instead. Or, you know, if you're squeezing fruit, Mm -hmm. you know, if you want to get that fruit juice out, just pick it up and and squeeze it like you would a lemon in your iced tea. You know, like don't get anything dirty to squeeze fruit. You can do that with your hands. It's easy to muddle. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That one's the biggest. Like people are always like, oh, I got a muddler. And I'm like, "Put, put that thing away. I, I'm yeah. not watching that. Get out of here. Yeah. yeah. And then the other one that I think a lot of people, once again, they're not pretty, but the plastic squeeze bottles are my favorite thing in my kitchen when I'm for, making drinks. For mixers? Is that what you do? You yes. S- yeah. Oh, it's, that's a great you know, idea. You, you move your lemon juice into that, your lime juice, your cranberry juice. If you're making simple syrups at home, there's no better way to put that into your drink And then they're so easy to label. They don't take up a ton of room. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I'll make things in a mason jar because Mm -hmm. it's really easy to shake and to do. But when it's time to serve it, pouring out of a mason jar is the worst. Right. So I'll move it over into a squeeze bottle. And then it's so, so easy to measure and to pour it out and for guests to use. And they're just easier to clean. They're the best. That's a great tip. I think they do that at restaurants. Like I'll notice when they have lime juice and stuff, they usually squirt it. Now that you say that, not always, but a lot of times I've seen that happen. So that's smart. And they're lightweight and like, and they don't break. It's not glass. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And then I think the only other thing is if you do a lot of entertaining, Mm -hmm. go ahead and invest in a fruit tray. You know, Mm -hmm. it's the same thing. Go to the restaurant supply store. It's probably only like 20 bucks. Yeah. But you can put ice in the bottom. So when mm-hmm. it's a hot day, you don't have to worry about, you know, did your fruit get warm in like 15 minutes? Cause mm-hmm. that's how fast it happens out here. So you put ice in the bottom and then you put your different fruits in there and then you just don't have to worry about, you know, a plate full of lemons laying out, getting dry or the cherries going all over the place because, you know, you can't contain them. Right. Those are usually those stainless steel trays that are divided, right? And they'll have a cover and you can put olives in them as well, right? For martinis yeah, and things like exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's just like a long tray and it comes with like these little plastic inserts, inserts basically yep. that you put all of your different fruits in. Great. That's a good tip. I love that. We've covered a lot. You may have really just stated that throughout as well. I'll close the show by if you have any left to say of any your quick tips or advice or top three things you recommend for the home bar, 
And then let us know where people can find you, your website, any social media platforms, and we'll put that all in the show notes. Yeah. So my top three recommendations, you know, first of all, when it comes to liquor, because I know a lot of people are like, oh my God, what do I get? There's so, there's so, so much to choose from. Keep a vodka, a bourbon, and a rum in your home. You know, for vodka, Tito's, Deep Eddie, Belvedere, it's really hard to go wrong. Mm-hmm. For whiskey, I would say Maker's Mark or Gentleman mm-hmm. Jack. You know, yep. nobody's going to be sad about that. Yeah. And then for rum, Sailor Jerry or the Bacardi Spiced, or they call it Oakheart sometimes too. Okay. Those three things. If you have those three things in your home, you're probably just fine and yep. you don't need to worry. But for like tips on like how to keep a bar and how to just make your event great, Costco for liquor mm-hmm. is just the best. It's amazing. All of their Kirkland Signature brands are literally made in the same buildings as the good brands that you're spending three times as much on. Oh, I had no idea, by the way, that they had that. Interesting. They are the best. Definitely That's great. Costco for liquor. Okay. And then simple syrups. They mm-hmm. are really so, so easy and they can elevate your drinks in minutes and they're fast and they just make it seem like you put in all this extra work and you did all this amazing stuff and you're like, oh, I let some fruit sit in sugar. for yeah. an hour. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yes. And then the fun sodas, you know, mix it yeah. up. Go to, if you have like a little bottle shop, I know mm-hmm. we have the pop shop here in Phoenix mm-hmm. and I'll literally just go through and be like, that sounds delicious. That sounds amazing. Like, yep. and get a, a whole bunch of these different fun sodas and that makes it a great cocktail right there is, you know, a black cherry soda and a spiced rum. There's so many available now, like the LaCroix and all the flavored Mm -hmm. seltzers. And there's even some interesting stuff at Whole Foods. Somebody told me, and I forget the brand, and I'll just mention this briefly, but it's a seltzer and it has bitters in it. And I have to tell you, it tastes really good. Like I tasted it plain without any alcohol in it. It was super tasty, but certainly as a mixer, and I was like, oh, I got to grab some of that. And I'm forgetting the brand now, but I think they told me they sell it at Whole Foods near here. I'm sure it's sold at other places once I find out the brand. But stuff like that's really interesting. You know, bitters are a great one to have around the house, especially, you know, they do contain a little bit of alcohol, but you use so little that it tends to get sold as a non-alcoholic thing because you're not really supposed to be drinking it. Yeah. But they elevate, especially mocktails, just right away. You you put five or six drops of bitters in there and it gives it that complexity that the liquor would normally bring. In fact, this is sold in the seltzer aisle, I believe, at Whole Foods. So it's Mm -hmm. sold under non-alcoholic. So it must meet that standard like you just mentioned where it's low enough that it's not considered alcoholic. But I have to tell you, it was delicious. Bitters and soda or tonic water yeah is so refreshing so good oh my gosh so yeah and then let us know website or social media yeah, Megan, and we'll yeah. put that in the you show can notes too find us on instagram and facebook at turquoise sky spirits facebook is a little bit more active okay and then if you go to our website turquoise sky spirits.com and sign up for our newsletter then you'll be the first to know when we open, when you can buy bottles, when you can come in for cocktails. That's great. And can you ship out of state if somebody wanted to, can people order the new liquor? 
There are only five states that allow you to ship hard liquor. Okay. So right now we're not going to open that can of worms. Yep. But I know it can be tricky. everyone wants to write to their senators and say that that's silly and you want to ship alcohol to your house, then we would love that. Everyone yeah, I was just that. curious because we have out-of-state listeners. And I think Connecticut might be a state that you can ship to, but I'm not sure. It might be. I know Arizona and Washington, D.C. are the two off the top of my head. Okay. I'm like, I absolutely know for sure you can okay. ship hard liquor to those locations. Okay. Yeah, just curious because I was just trying to support this opening and if we have people yeah. listening from out of state. We'll be real close to the airport. So if you ever do come down to Phoenix, come and visit. I love that. Well, it's been great having you. Thanks for covering all this. I think it was really insightful. It'll help people gear up for summer and entertaining. And whether it's a cocktail or a mocktail, we got it covered. So thanks again. Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. And as always, you're going to want to always head over to jillcalmaninteriors.com. I've got a wonderful new freebie for you called the Room Planner. And most of the time that you're not getting your house decorated, it's because you don't have a plan in place. This helps you cover it all and get it in motion so you can accomplish your home design goals. Go grab it now. It's totally free. And my course is also still available on the website along with so much more. I look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening to this episode of Welcome Home to the Suburbs. Head over to jillcalmaninteriors.com to learn more about designing a beautiful new home while minimizing the stress of moving. See you back here next week.